Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode 14 of Take It or Leave It, where we discuss the hottest topics in the world of workplace leave, absence management, and accommodation. I'm Meg Toth, and for today's episode, I'm going to be hosting solo. My typical co-host, Josh Seidman, is tied up, and we have a particularly relevant and often overlooked but very important and timely topic to discuss today, time off to vote. With midterm election season in full force and voting to begin this week, we thought it would be helpful to get this episode on voting leave published quickly so that our listeners could hear all about the various requirements employers have or don't have to provide time off for employees for voting and what you should be thinking about for this election and for elections to come. And we promise we're not going to be talking about any politics, as tempting as that might be. As I mentioned briefly already, voting leave and providing time off for employees to vote, including what employers' legal obligations are in this area, is always top of mind because elections only happen every so often. But state and local laws do vary a good amount in terms of how much time is required, whether the time has to be paid or unpaid, what type of notice and documentation must be provided, and so on. So it's very important to have a good handle on all of this when election season does come around, like it is just this week. That's why we're so excited to have one of our resident leave experts and great friend and colleague with us today. Sarah Fowler is here with us to talk through some of these issues, and we're just so excited that she's joining us for today's episode. Sarah is a partner in CIFAR's Labor and Employment Group in Chicago. She represents and defends employers in all types of employment matters and regularly advises and counsels employers on a host of employment law and human resources topics. Her advice and counsel experience is too vast to list everything she does, but relevant to our conversation today, Sarah regularly counsels and advises clients on employee leaves of absence, management issues, and helps craft legally compliant policies on leaves and other topics as well. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in. Just to give listeners a sense of how many laws we are talking about, Can you give us a ballpark number in terms of how many states have laws that require time off to vote? Well, don't hold me to it, but the last time I checked, there were about 30 or so states plus the District of Columbia. So definitely well over half of them, which means in this day and age with companies having employees working all over the country, employers have a lot of different laws to navigate. Yeah, definitely. And and what a headache. I know we are all familiar with type, this type of patchwork approach in the leave space with paid sick leave and paid family leave varying so much from state to state. But is there any commonality between these laws or are they just as messy as the rest? Well, there is quite a bit of variation between the laws. Things you mentioned, like the amount of time off that must be provided, whether it needs to be paid or unpaid, but it's not thankfully quite as messy as paid sick leave. Generally, the state voting laws require somewhere between two and four hours of time off to vote during an election, depending on the employee's work schedule. And most of the laws require unpaid time off, but not all of them. Well, that sounds pretty straightforward enough, I guess. Yes and no. Uh, In some states, for example, employers need to pay attention to the exact voting hours. So the time the polls are actually open in order to provide the right amount of time for voting. So Just by way of example, Arizona's law requires an employer to give an employee three hours of time off if there are less than three consecutive hours between the opening of the polls and the beginning of the employee's regular shift or between the end of their shift and the closing of the polls. And Arizona's not alone in that approach. Other states tie the amount of time off to the time between scheduled shifts and the polls opening and closing times. Colorado, Massachusetts, Maryland, New York, Texas, just just to name a few of them. 
And I guess making it even more complicated on top of that, not all states polls open and close at the same time, of course. Wow. Yeah. So having to work through all of those calculations and tracking poll times and schedules in so many different states definitely sounds like an administrative nightmare. You mentioned some states require pay and others don't. Is that right? That is right. So just to name a few, Illinois, California, Colorado, Alaska are states that do require paid time off to vote. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Definitely important to keep track of then. So if an employee wants to vote in an election, are they just permitted to do so and potentially get paid in those states you just mentioned? Or are they required to provide some sort of notice or any documentation before voting in any of these states? And on top of that, not to pile too much on, but can an employee exercise this right to take time off to vote in any type of election, like their child school PTO election vote? Or, or do these laws have limits? Well, a lot to unpack there. So let me take it. One at a time. So yes, there are employee notice requirements in many, if not most states. So again, just to give examples here, Alabama, California, New York, employees have to give advance notice. Illinois is another example. It requires employees just to provide notice before election day, but that doesn't specify how far in advance that notice must be. And some laws do permit employees to request document employers to request documentation showing that the employee actually voted. But practically speaking, in my experience, if employers know a major election is going on, they typically don't require proof unless they have reason to believe an employee was not actually taking time off to vote or they were using that time fraudulently. And of course, you want to be mindful about having a consistent approach in requesting documentation like so many other areas of employment law. And to your last question about what types of elections these laws typically cover, Most of the laws state that the election has to be for a federal, state, or local government official. It wouldn't typically apply to school or other personal or extracurricular elections. Very interesting. Very interesting. There seems to be a lot more to consider with these types of laws than you would think at first blush. To that point, for nationwide employers, which, as we know, is most employers now, Are you seeing any trends or attempts at nationwide compliance policies, or do most employers address this on a state-by-state basis? That's a great question. And, And the answer is yes, we are seeing a lot of employers take a nationwide approach. That's not only because of the complicated and administrative burden in trying to comply with so many different state voting laws, but it's also a trend we're seeing in light of the social and political issues around voting and people's rights to vote. There's a trend in employers wanting to support and encourage employees to vote to further their corporate values and strengthen their company cultures. Employers don't want to be seen as making it hard, standing in the way of their employees' ability to vote. So I think for those reasons, we're seeing pretty generous nationwide policies that are policies that are more generous than what the laws may require and don't require employees jumping through hoops and notice hurdles to take the time off they need so employees feel supported in in their right to go out and vote. That's great. That's really great to hear. And this was all really just so interesting because, you know, like I mentioned, voting voting leave isn't always on top of everybody's mind, but there really is a lot to be thinking about when the elections come around. And I, you know, I thought this was super helpful to have sort of a quick and and dirty explanation of all the laws and give examples and, and hope our listeners found this, you know, just as interesting as I did. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me and and go vote. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. And to our listeners today, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Take It or Leave It. We will see you next time.